That was from 1984. It's my favorite commercial of all time. Now, I realize for some people, a giant clown coming to skate towards you to pick you up may not be the most comforting thing, but I think we all know what it feels like. I think we all know what it feels like to be forgotten, or at least feel like we have been forgotten. There's a, there's a saying that I've heard over the years from folks who aren't comfortable coming to church, and, and not for the theological reasons or for disagreements, but just feeling like, well, they would say things like, well, you know, if I show up, the roof would cave in. It always has something to do with the building falling apart, as though the, the, the church is only held up by worthy people. Because really what they're saying is, I I don't feel comfortable coming in because I'm not really sure God is very interested in me. Paul has encountered this not only from himself, but also the people who he has ministered to. So we, we see in these letters that Paul writes or that students of Paul have written that that the people are going through a very challenging times in terms of what does it mean to worship Christ in the midst of you know a Roman empire what does it mean to worship Christ in the midst of a difference of culture a difference of theology a difference of religious practices there are all of these different challenges but that's all kind of on the outside because on the inside there's also this challenge that the people are likely facing this idea of, am I alone in what I believe? Am I alone in how I see Jesus? Am I, am I alone because I'm doing these things? Am I just alone? And 2,000 years later, on the other side of the planet, we are still asking those questions. And so Paul writes to this. He, he writes, what then are we to say about these things? And then he turns it the other way. For if God is for us, who or what is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? For it is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ who died, or rather, who was raised. Who also, at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Thousands of years later, maybe we need to put more of a modern spin on those challenges. So what then are we to say about these things? What will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall pandemics, shall hurricanes or inflation or political division or disaffiliations or looming recessions or isolation or uncertainty or retirement? We are all feeling it. The time is coming soon when Pastor David will retire from his appointment here at First United Methodist Church, really from from appointed professional ministry period. Over 40 years of ministry, the last 15 being here at our church. For many, David is the only pastor they've ever had. 
in a place where we have been taught at times that nothing ever changes. Everything seems to be changing around us. And what are we supposed to do? What do we then say about these things? They are real. They are very real. And as a church, not ignoring these realities, but helping to see how we can strive together to go through them, trying to help each other, how do we then speak to these realities? Maybe even more importantly, how do we act in the midst of them? How do we live in the midst of these challenges? How do we live in the reality of God's presence? This is arguably Paul's greatest reminder in anything that he writes that we have access to, that we do not do anything to initiate, we do not do anything to invoke God's presence, either by our ability or our inability. As United Methodists, we already believe God is present, and we call that prevenient grace. God is present before we ever realize it, before we ever acknowledge it, before we ever speak to it. God is already here. So where it may be easy to have this sort of cause and effect language as to why things are happening or why God responds or it doesn't seem like God is responding either to how great or how horrible things are, we are reminded that God is in the midst of it all. From day one, those hands, those cosmic divine hands coming into this mud ball we call planet Earth and shaping it and forming it and being there in the very midst, creating life and calling it good. By the way, not perfect. Good. No, Paul writes, in all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor hurricanes, nor pandemics, nor economic challenges, nor racism, nor sexism, nor retirement, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Nothing. We serve a God who is already here. So rather than focusing on what should we do to get God's attention, we are a church which proclaims God is already here and God is already at work. God already sees you. I don't know what the future is going to bring, but Pastor Nikki and I are committed to being here as long as we can and to discover it with you, with whoever the interim is going to be, whoever the senior pastor is going to be after that. We will discover this with you. We will learn alongside with you as long as we can be here. We will be here with you. But of course, it's not about us. It's not even about Pastor David. This is your church. Some of you, many of you were here before any of us arrived. And hopefully many of you will be here long after our appointment is over. Because this is your church. This is your community. 
This is who you are. And we are only here for a short period of time. And we are here to be with you, to guide you, to lead you, to help. But this is your church. We see this again and again and again. God going with the people. God renews the covenant over and over and over again. And finally doing so in a way which God literally is incarnated here on earth among humanity in the person Jesus Christ. This is God's covenant. This is God's love. And it's a reckless love. It doesn't make any sense. It it breaks rules. It even breaks laws. It crosses boundaries. It steps over customs. It reaches over tables. It is the foundation of our faith that God's love is reckless. And therefore, our love should be reckless. This is the God who overturns furniture to find the lost coin. The God who leaves 99 sheep to find that one which is lost. The God who stands in a field waiting for their child to come back and shows compassion on the one who feels forgotten. Nothing separates us from the love of God. Those who say, well, I don't think God is very interested in me. We, of course, would say, well, of course God is. But their response to that in one way or another is going to be, don't tell me, show me. Show me that what you say, what you believe is true. Because every one of us at one time or another is that little kid waiting for their hero to see them and approach them and pick them up and save them. We are not each other's saviors, but we can point to the one who is. The one who we believe is here, not just for us, but is here for the entire world. Because people are looking for that. They are, they are looking to be seen, to be recognized, to be lifted up, and to be championed. People are looking for these foundations of faith, for something and someone who is not going to fall apart. And for us, who fall apart all the time, it is not necessarily our job to pick up the pieces As someone once said, maybe we are the pieces. And maybe what we're supposed to be doing is pointing to the one who does see us, who does come to us, who does pick us up and remind us, you are loved. And we can show that maybe not so often in our words, but maybe more importantly, in our actions. We are not going to ignore the challenges We're not going to ignore the uncertainty. We're not going to ignore the heartbreak. But just as well, we are not going to ignore the power and the potential to be able to see and to experience how God is alive and active in this moment and in this season, reminding us that we are not alone because nothing separates us from the love of God. We are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. Show that to someone else. And we will be here to help you. We know that change can be hard sometimes. The change can also be celebrated. 
It can be something that we go through together, even as individuals, but as we come together as a community, we see how it is that God is in the midst of all of that. It is one thing to say this, it is totally another to show it. Just this weekend, we were having conversations about what are we to say in the church right now, and we kind of came to the conclusion that maybe we should be less about answers and to be more about anchors. How can we be anchors right now in a time of uncertainty and in a time of questioning? And we're not really sure where this journey has taken us, but let us show actions of love. Actions which help us remember nothing separates us from the love of God. If we can remember that, if we can show that, we will make it and we'll make it together. And so in this, may we go in God's grace, God's peace and God's love. Amen.